Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hub Podcast. We are excited to continue with episode 49 today. Um, we are recording this on a Friday and it is raining. It is kind of nasty out there. Um, I needed the rain though because I mowed my yard yesterday and my truck was filthy yeah. because of it. I haven't mowed in like, I don't know, six months. No, it's not <laughs> been that long. But I, you have I a need little to jungle mow. there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But it's raining. There's it's, something about rainy days, even if you're inside yeah. in a windowless room where it's yeah. just kind of dreary. This is true. It is a windowless room. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a blah day. But hopefully, through this podcast, we will have a enlightened day. A ray of sunshine. Yeah, something like that. And uh, hopefully your day will be made better because of this. Um Today we're going to be looking at uh, a parable in the book of Luke. Um, we're going to jump into it here in just a moment. Um, so we are looking forward to this conversation about new and old wine and wineskins. So um, looking forward to this conversation, uh, looking forward to the meaning of it. I think it's uh, obviously, as Jesus said it and talked about it, it's important for us um, today. But I think um, the point of this this parable uh really applies to us today especially and I think we uh, can learn a lot from it so uh, we've got myself and Garrett in the house today Christian is unavailable today so we are um, kind of missing our uh, one of our limbs it feels like but that's all right um, we'll uh, we'll make do without our friend and um, commandant Christian Did I say commandant that right? is that the right word Camaraderie, I guess that would be it. Commandant. I think that's like when you trust someone, like you're confidant. Is what? Oh, it's confidant. Yeah. But what's uh? I feel like that's a word that I said. I don't know. I'm gonna look (laughs) it up because I feel like it just it just flowed and it felt like that was a word, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I we're um. Whenever Christian's not here, there's not as much excitement in the room. I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> me and Mike are just. Yeah, he kinda... usually is the one that that gets us going. I, I don't think I said a word, so <laughs> it's okay as long as you like really yeah. thought it was Com- a word. Comrade, maybe was what I was going for. I don't you know. know. Postmodernism, truth is subjective. That's so true. as long as you think it's a word, it's yeah. a word. I often say words that are not really words because they sound like words in my head, and then I say them, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably not a word, but. You know, it's all right. Yeah, you, you just it gotta, is what it is. I I've never said that I know anything about anything, so you just gotta expect <laughs> what I say. You gotta take it with a grain of salt. Maybe even look it up, prove it, because um, <laughs> it might not be right. So, and that's what you get in a world where anyone can make a podcast. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, and people will either listen and say like, "Oh, that's probably true," or they will listen and go, "Nah, he's probably wrong," or they just won't listen. So, <laughs> um. That it, that reminds me of one of the uh, podcasts I listen to. They always say facts are optional. Um, they actually they like, always say like jokingly because they oh. always mess up and say things that aren't true. And they're like, yeah, facts are optional here. It's except for in today's day and age, that's actually a common well, exception. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you and your commandants. So um, <laughs> we're uh, looking forward to this passage. I uh, I'll be just brutally honest. This is one that always has kind of been. A little over my head, even, um, you know, just like looking at commentaries on it and discussions. It's uh, I fall into the category here of, of where Jesus says, like, not everyone will understand the things that I'm telling you. And I'm like, yeah, that's me in this one. So it's it's funny. A lot of the other parables I feel like are pretty straightforward. And, and this one 
I don't know. Maybe it is for most people, but for me, it's just kind of a. Um, it just goes a little outside my realm of understanding. Uh, I need a little help with the uh, the interpretation and the meaning of it. But once you read the meaning, once you once you learn the meaning, it is it is does seem a little more straightforward. But maybe it's just the wineskins. Maybe it's that because I just don't like. I don't even know what I mean. I know what a wineskin is, but yeah. I don't know what it is because. Um, it it really ties into Judaism versus the church. Um, Israel versus the church is, is the main point. And it's coming off of a section where Jesus is talking about fasting. Mm. Um, if you look at um, it, start, it, this narrative is, is in the book of Luke, chapter 5. And, and the parable of the old and new wineskins is verses 36 through 39. But in verse 33, it says that the disciples said to Jesus, John's disciples fast often and say prayers. And those of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. Uh, so not the, the disciples aren't asking the, him this. The um, uh, I, I can't remember who's asking him this, but um, I, I think it's the Pharisees, and they just talk to themselves in third person. Um, but they're, they're approaching Jesus, and they're like, listen, even John and his disciples, this other radical like you, they fast. And, and, and they often say prayers, and, and they're practicing Judaism in, in a profound or in, in a um, normal way compared to the Pharisees. Um, but your disciples, they eat and drink. They just carry on. They're, they're not as regimented. They're not as sanctimonious as you know, even John's disciples are, let alone the Pharisees. And that's when... Jesus then gives a parable, or I guess an analogy. He says, you can't make the wedding guests fast while the groom is with them, can you? But the time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and they will fast in those days. And so Jesus is saying, you know, you all fast, you all uphold the rigorous practices of Judaism, because you haven't recognized that yeah. you're practicing me. Yeah, I you're, love that. You're practicing that. my characteristics, but my disciples realize it. So why are they going to do all these somber practices in order to get close to God whenever they're already close to God in the first place? They're going to rejoice over it instead. We, we don't get a we don't get a response here from from the Pharisees. Uh, I believe it is Pharisees asking, but because of before this, they're talking about Levi and, and the Pharisees are questioning him and stuff like that. Of course, it may be two different times, but. Sounds sounds like it would be uh, that would be the case, but I love that he even uses like a little mini parable to like instead of just being like, you know, I'm the son of God, yeah, and I'm here with you now, so no, enjoy the time. But like yeah. he still is even like you still even even if he were to and then he's you know says that in script, even if he were to just tell them point blank who he was, they still wouldn't believe. Yeah, well, it, the the thing is nowhere in scripture, you know. The Messiah is referenced over and over again in the Old Testament, but nowhere in the Old Testament, in the in the Judaic scriptures, is the Messiah um, referenced as the bridegroom. Right. And so Jesus refers to himself in this way, right. but it's really cryptic. And so, you know, without having the Spirit really guiding their awareness of what <laughs> Jesus is saying, the Pharisees you, were just lost for words. Do you think? 
when they ask that question, he responds with talking about, it's like, what are you talking about a wedding for? Like that we're talking oh, about yeah. fasting. You know, they're like, what yeah. do you like? What does this dude even tell? Like he's a nut. I, he's I really a nut, hope you know, like you know, we watch the chosen. Yeah, and I, and they haven't gotten to this sort of conversation. They haven't really gotten to a lot of the confrontations with the Pharisees Jesus and the Pharisees. We saw that early one where he heals the the person yeah. let down through the roof. Yeah, but we saw, but we didn't really see. We, it. we just debates. saw the anger. We saw yeah. the anger from the Pharisees. We haven't seen Jesus debating the Pharisees, and I'm really just excited to see how they portray some of the reactions. Because the Pharisees, you can see within Scripture, they had a, they had a like a secret respect for Jesus. Because there's time after time after time where they're stumped. Like he oh, yeah. gives a teaching, and they're like, "Whoa, I, yeah. I don't know even how to respond to that." That's yeah. that's probably a completely like with the new way of looking at Scripture. Because you know Jesus understood Scripture because yeah. Scripture is Jesus. Yeah, and he's uh, the Word. Yeah, so like right here is one example where you know he gives an answer that just is a is the fullness of scripture that the Pharisees and really ever all of like even John the Baptist and, and his disciples even they hadn't saw scripture in this light as yeah. in you know the Messiah being the bridegroom the Messiah coming alongside and and marrying uh, and bringing people into his family, mm. into the family of God. That's yeah. just a completely foreign concept yeah. to the Pharisees and all of um, the Israelites at this time. So let's uh, let's jump in. I'll read uh, verses 36 through 39. I'll just read the, the, the parable as a whole. It's not, not super long. So he told them this parable. So, of course, you get Jesus' response about the bridegroom and being taken from them, and then they'll fast. In 36, he told them this parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it onto an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For he says, the old is better. So the patch and the the wine, the, these two parables go together. There's there's two different pictures. Um, when you are taking an old piece of clothing that's already been stretched, that's already been worn, that's been used, you can't take a new piece of clothing and put onto that because then it's going to start stretching and wearing mm. and it's just not going to fit on to the patch the the new patch won't fit on to the old clothing um the new cloth is going to tear the old the new material won't even match the old material um and so the patch it, it's supposed to fix this old garment but it's going to end up ruining both mm. and so this Jesus what what he's doing he can't he's coming because of Judaism. He is coming into the world because of the Jews. The Jews, and, and another place um, in Scripture states that, um, oh gosh, I cannot remember the reference I'm thinking of, but it, it says salvation comes from the Jews. Mm. Um, Jesus is talking to the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan yeah. at the well, yeah. and he says salvation comes from the Jews. He's not saying that the Jews bring or the salvation for the world. He's saying that the Messiah comes from the Jews, therefore yeah. salvation comes from the Jews. But what Jesus is saying here is that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
what Jesus is bringing is a fulfillment of the law. It's it's new. And if you try to, it's like putting a, a round peg into a square hole. Yeah. It's, it's not going to match up if you keep trying to to practice Judaism while the word of God is right there with you. It, it's yeah. just not going to match up. And so, and so he's saying that you can't, he's using this example of you can't use a new patch to cover something old. It's, 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 you, you have to have, you have to do it a different way. And then he brings up this um, picture with wineskins. And, and so for a little bit of background in this, new wine, when it's made, it's not fermented yet. Wine has to sit for a period of time before it fully ferments. And as it ferments, it expands. Um, it becomes bubbly. Um, there's air that gets into it, and that air causes it to ferment, and and that, uh, it just expands. And so if you put that new wine in an old wineskin over time, as the wine is expanding from air, the old wineskins will be too weak to contain the wine, and they'll burst. Um, because they're just not it's not capable of holding the wine. And so you have to put new wine and new wine skins so that the wine skin can it, it, it won't be as weak and it can stretch and, and expand along with the new wine as it's fermenting over time. Now the reason Jesus is saying this is because the Pharisees and even John and his disciples, they were practicing things, they, they were practicing the old way. They were practicing Judaism. It was comfortable to them. It was what they knew. It was the way God revealed himself to them. And so for him to come in and say, um, now take everything that you're doing and put me in there instead, you know, that it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, a, another phrase you could use is that Rome wasn't built overnight. Um, Jesus wasn't expecting to come into, uh, salvation comes from the Jews, but Jesus wasn't expecting to come to the Jews and say, keep doing what you're doing while also professing me as Lord. Mm. Because that, that, that new wine would burst the old wineskins, and, and it would just completely blow up. And, and so that's why I think, you know, people might question, well, why didn't Jesus come and show himself to the Pharisees? You know, these were the ruling religious class of the Jews. Why didn't he come mm. straight to them and have them? Well, because they wouldn't have been willing yeah. to, you know, open up new wineskins. Yeah, I mean, they, they saw him do miracles and they saw things like that and they just, you know, called yeah. it like trickery or witchcraft. Yeah. You know, like even they saw it in person, heard the teachings, and yet they just, they chose to believe that he was you know, heretical, yeah. but instead of, hey, maybe he's really, you know, the son of God, like, nah, can't be, yeah. you know, the Messiah, they had their own expectations of what the well, Messiah would look like, and, and it wasn't what, Jesus. And that's what ties into verse 39, it says, um, and no one after drinking old wine once knew, because mm. he says the old is better, and this isn't Jesus saying that Judaism is better than the church that he is building, but yeah. he's what he's saying is Pharisees or anyone. I mean, think about the church today. We get so set in our ways yeah. that we say, well, nothing, you know, yeah, the world is changing. Technology is great, but what we have now is better. The magic phrase that, that I've heard in this area is, well, this is what we've always done. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, and I, with that, it's, it's not always, you know, like an, our church does it. And it's not always like a, that statement does not mean 
we're not doing new things. It just means, well, this is kind of what we know. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll just kind of do that again or let's just stay close to that as opposed to totally doing something totally new and, and, and totally brand new. Um, and I think you're on to something with, with, you know, I think the we see how the world is moving. Um, and there's a, there's a line, I think, with, with Christians. You know, obviously we're instructed to be in the world but not of the world, but we're also called to reach the world. Uh, and meet them where they are. I mean, Jesus met people where they were. I mean, Jesus went into you know the the pool and mm-hmm. Bethesda, or is it Bethsaida? Is it Bethesda? Bethesda. I, I think it's Bethesda. Say Bethesda. It? Yeah, and uh, when the Bethsaida was like the place, like a city or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he like he went there. Like that was a a pagan location. Like that, what that belief was was like magic that you're just gonna be healed by magic water. So that. He would go to that place and do a healing there. That was actually the last mm, last episode of the Chosen that I watched. That I watched. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen five yet. But so it's just it's just interesting to see where Jesus go. You know, he goes to Samaria and and you know they're kind of like, oh, we don't go there, Jesus. And he's like, oh, we do now. Things yeah. are changing. You know, like and he's like, it's you know it's going to be different. Like we're going to do things differently now. Um, there's a new wine skin in town. I think is what he's now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I think I think we we as 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 Christians have the responsibility to, to be looking for ways that we can reach the world, even if it's going to places that we're not used to or not comfortable or doing things that we're not comfortable, barring sin, there's nothing that we should, there's nothing that we should limit to reach people for Christ. Well, and and here's the thing though, like two chapters before this, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness Mm. fasting. So it's not like he, he's not coming in and saying, I'm abolishing all of the old yeah. ways. Like, he, he's he's not just, like, crumbling up the paper and throwing it in the trash yeah. can and restarting. It, what know. he's saying is, I'm trying to show you that this is new. Yeah. Like, I'm bringing something else. It's coming through the Jews. Yeah. But... You know what I have is com- is completely different than 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 Judaism. You know yeah. I fulfill and, this. Oh yeah, and specifically like he's not coming in and saying, "Oh, you can murder people now." Like oh, yeah. that goes away. Like he's saying, "No, actually, even if you hate people now, that's murder." Like yeah. even and it's a fulfillment of the law. It makes it different. It doesn't. It doesn't delete it. It doesn't. You know, cut and paste or change it. Mm. Uh, it it fulfills it. It makes it. You know, you look at you look at like in uh, we're going through Galatians, and they were trying to the church in Galatia was trying to fulfill the law perfectly. They were stuck in just trying to fulfill the law perfectly. Yeah. And, and Paul writes them and is like, "Look, gives them the harshest letter yeah, that he gives to anyone yeah. else." Yeah, he's like, "Don't you understand that you're not justified by you're justified by by Jesus? Like mm-hmm. He is what saves us. It's not your practice of the law." And so this is you know again what Jesus is saying here is is don't you? He's saying to the Pharisees basically like, "Look." I'm only here for a short amount of time on yeah. earth. My fair my my Pharisees, my disciples, they're gonna spend time with me. We're gonna enjoy that time mm-hmm. together. There's gonna be a time for fasting later. Like there's gonna be a time for that. And I like what you said, interestingly enough, Jesus is like, Oh, there's gonna be a time for fasting. And he's like, I just did it, you know, yeah. for forty days not too long ago. But I like that he doesn't say that. It's kinda of interesting because the fasting was not it wasn't to it wasn't like go brag about point. it. Yeah, it was for, that was for Jesus yeah. and God. That was their connection and mm-hmm. their their um, uh, growth together. And that was the start of you know his <laughs> formal ministry, so to speak. Was that was that? Uh, and, and for the Pharisees, it was more than fasting. Was more than just 
a spiritual practice. It was an obligation. It was, I'm fulfilling the law, so I'm going to make sure I fast. Uh, I'm fulfilling the law, so I'm going to make sure I pray five times a day. Like, it's, it, it wasn't a relational aspect. It was, the law has been revealed to me, I'm going to follow the law. Yeah. And by following the law to a T, that is where God comes into my midst. And Jesus is saying, no, God comes into your midst because I'm in your midst. And because I'm in Literally. your midst, yeah, because I'm in your midst, I have brought new wine. And yeah. this new wine, it, if you really want to know God, you can't keep putting him, this new wine, into old wineskins because yeah. it's just going to burst forth. It, the you old be born ways, again. yeah, the old ways cannot contain the presence of God that is in your mm. midst right now. And so but I'm giving you the new wineskins. Yeah. I'm giving you the, the example, the chance to, to you know, get a fresh wineskin. Um, and so this really, this parable is really about the newness of what Jesus is bringing. He's bringing an established church. And, and that, that word, the, the word church is, in, in, in the Greek, is, it's ekklesia, and, and that word just means assembly. It means gathering, and, and that word is used all throughout specifically, um, not as much in the Gospels as it is used by Paul, um, but that word just means an assembly of people united in one, in, in a um, unifying factor, yeah. through a unifying factor. And Jesus is saying, I am bringing together an assembly. I am bringing together a group um, in the same way that Israel was an assembly united under the law, my people are going to be assembly united under me. Mm. This is the new wine. And you can't bring the old wine, or you can't bring, you can't take this new wine and still try to keep the old wineskins because the old wineskins were there to try to get you to be good enough to be in God's presence. But now I'm saying, I am the presence of God. I'm here just simply let me envelop you. Yeah. Yeah, hang out with me. Yeah. Come, come through, you know. Come hang. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and in this, you know, you could use this to say that it's talking about church change that um uh it's it's easy to get stuck on our ways and not go with the time and go with the new, but that would in a way, be taking this out of context. Jesus isn't necessarily talking here about the importance of staying with the times, yeah. As much as he is the importance of choosing him over the over the law, right. choosing a relationship over religion. But at the same time, you can kind of understand that you know we can't get stuck in the dogmatics. We can't get stuck in you know this is how we've always worshipped. This is how we've always. We've always had pews. We need to keep the pews, or we've always worshipped at this time. We have to keep this time. You know, the importance isn't the wine skins. Yeah. The importance is Jesus. what goes into the wine skins. Right. Yeah. And you got it. And, and and whatever holds the spirit of God, and whatever maintains that relationship in the most profound and complete way, that's the vessel that it needs to go into. And so, if right now. The, the church is operating in a way that the Spirit of God can't be contained, that, that it, it's not being harnessed, then, okay, well, we need to make sure that we find the new wineskins to contain it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, like 
on the other side of that, the way Jesus was, was living, it was a relationship with the Father, but he was also sharing that relationship with other people. Um, and I think to that point, again, on the other side of that, not only how we worship and how we experience God and how we experience the Spirit, this also should apply to the way we reach other people. Um, and, you know, Jesus, just looking at his life, he, again, barring sin, he never sinned, obviously, so short of sin, he did literally whatever he could, whatever it took to go and make mm. disciples. I mean, whatever it took, like the woman at the well, we talked about her earlier. Like, he went to Samaria for her. Yeah. You know, he, he went out of his way, off the journey that they had planned. Well, he had planned it, but off the journey that the disciples thought they were going on. And he was specifically going in the middle or in the late afternoon of the day, depending on what time you subscribe to, whatever, how that was recorded. Either way, the heat of the day, he's he met her there when he knew only she would be there so that he could have this new relationship with her, this new wineskin, so to speak, and then she would carry this into her village. Um, and she was immediately on fire for Christ. And I think Jesus is also saying in, in, in the same, on the other side of that token, I think primarily it's, it's likely that he's saying, you know, focus on me forget the rest of it and whatever it takes for you to focus on me, do that. But he's also saying whatever it takes for you to show other people to focus on me too. So I think it's a, it's a full, um, and you know, his parables are always multi-leveled, you know, there's like yeah. 67 like an onion, you know, you just keep getting more levels or, or, uh, an ogre, uh, if you're a fan <laughs> of Shrek. So, um, so I, it, it's, it's a very powerful piece. And, and like I said, for me, like, I've always kind of looked at this like, man, I don't really, like, I don't know what that means, like, poor, new, and old, and, and it was kind of a abstract view for me, mainly because, I, I mean, I, like, what, I don't even know what a wineskin is, like, I have an idea, it holds wine, but, like, I don't even know what that is, so, um, so it was always kind of abstract for me, but when you take it in context, and that's how scripture works, you know, you take it in context, usually you can get some questions answered that you uh, might not have been able to figure out before. Well, we can... um as our hum moment of the day, we can kind of take a look in order to understand fully. Um, I've got another what, hum moment what, after you do this. Okay. Well, I was going to say we can look at what a wine press looked like and and how what making a wine looked like, and that'll help us understand a little bit more. Did they um, step on it with context. their feet? Yeah. That's, that's so. Gross, if you've bro. watched The Chosen, I think it was episode yeah. six of the first season uh, or five. Peter and his wife. Yeah, Peter and his Paul, wife. Paul, but Peter, Peter, yeah. they, Simon. They were. Um. Yeah. They were. They were engaging in it pretty pretty accurately. So generally, though, wine presses were really close to vineyards because it prevented them from Having losing to transport too far. Well, huh? yeah, you lost the most least amount of grapes doing that. But they would take them and they'd put a bunch of grapes into basically this giant vat, um, this a stone vat, and there would be a hole <laughs> somewhere around the bottom of the vat and a little chute that would go down into a reservoir. And a lot of times, in between the sh- the the hole and the reservoir, when when down that kind of like it's like a like a water slide essentially, Whee! they would put like thorns and bristles and stuff to act as filters huh? to kind of keep stuff like toenails and mm. and um, uh, imagine you get in there and you're like, grapes. oh, yeah, I need to clip my toenails, and yeah. then you squash some grapes for a few hours, and you get out and you're like. Yeah, Those were longer before. Well, that's like, what ugh. they would sit there and they would just take in their bare feet, step on grapes for and hours. And their feet on were pretty end. clean because they had really good tennis shoes that really encompassed. You know, really <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Man, I tell you what, that makes me want wine real bad. In fact, here they come right now. They're coming in with our wine taste it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the, um, I mean, <laughs> so so that was the process of getting the juice out. But then what they would do is they would take that juice and they would put it into skins, um, and there was natural yeast inside. Um, um, with, with, with inside the the skins that they would put it in, they put the wine in, and the wine, the 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 sugar, the natural sugar yeah. within the juice would interact with the natural yeast of Eat the skins, and that's how it fermented. And yeah. so, if you had an old skin where the yeast there, it's kind of already been used up, it's not going to ferment as well either. Yeah. So, you, if you put it in old skins, then you know, this is another thing that Jesus is saying is if you put new wine in old skins, one thing is it's going to burst because it's going to ferment and then it's not going to be able to hold it. But another thing, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't burst, it's not going to be as good. Yeah. It's not going to be what it's meant to be. Exactly. Um, and so you have to put in new wine skins so that the yeast will allow it to become what it's supposed to be and the container will hold it and make sure that it doesn't burst. Mm. Yeah. Here's my home moment. It has nothing to do with the lesson. Uh, or the the discussion. Did you see the Cubs and Pirates play yesterday? No. You didn't see it? No. All right, so I'll try to describe it for our podcast listeners. If you like baseball, you'll like this. Actually, you won't like it if you like baseball. If you don't, you'll have a hard time keeping up. That's okay. We'll go quick. All right, Cubs hitter. Runner on second, two outs, all right? There's a runner on second, two outs. Cubs guy hits a ground ball to third base. Third base fields it, you know, pops the glove, throws it to first, plenty of time. Little right. First baseman comes off, catches it, and is going to lay the tag. But the runner, and obviously the runner at second after the throw advanced to third. It's there's two outs, so he advanced to third. And just kind of play with Javier Baez. Yes, it's that. I, I saw a headline on it, but I yeah. didn't read it. He literally the runner, the the guy that hit the ground ball. You're supposed to run, you know, all the way through first. He stops three quarters of the way and starts backtracking towards home plate to get in like a rundown. Yeah. His idea is the right idea is. As a runner, it was, it was smart. You know, try to get in a rundown. There's two outs. So, see if you can get a run run through. It's like third inning. And starts running back towards home plate. First baseman is, like, chasing him. There's two outs. He's kind of like, you know, like, uh, like it's not, like, playful. Like, he's, like, getting it. You know, he yeah. understands what's happening. And he's watching the runner at third, which I can't figure out because he throws it super late. Runner scores. You know, they sweep tag and and, and he, he beats the tag. Second baseman is just standing at second watching, like, in his position. So the runner, the hitter, of course, first baseman's yeah. at home plate now. Yeah. Pitcher's standing there, too, like, holding his hands up with what's going on. To, runner takes off through first. They try to throw the catcher, throws it to the second baseman on the run, throws it behind him, goes into right field, and the runner ends up on second. Hits a ground ball to third, ends up on second, and scores a run with two outs. The first baseman literally could have caught it, taken two steps back towards first, and touched it. And if you're sitting here listening, like, I have no clue what just happened, just search on Twitter or the internet, whatever, Cubs, Pirates, play. And it's it was yesterday, so, like, you'll find it quickly. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I was like, this looks like... Literally Like, baseball. I don't think our team would have done that. Like, I legitimately, our major league team, our 11 and 12 group, I don't think they would have that would have happened there. It was, like, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen from a professional sporting event. And someone said, like... This is one of the greatest plays in history. And someone replied, like, no, this is probably the worst play in history. Like, this this is up there with Bill Buckner's, you know, ground yeah. ball through the legs. Like, it, that's hard to beat because that was World Series. But, you know, um, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, that was my home moment. Uh, I felt like I had to share it because 
it hurt my soul to watch that, especially as a first baseman. It's like, bro, two outs, just touch first. Um, that has literally nothing to do with line skins. So, um, <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, you know, we make up words, commandants, uh, and things like that. There is a word I looked at. I mean, it's commandant, but you might say maybe it's pronounced commandant, but it's like a superior officer in the army. So, like, if I did say a real word, I totally misused it. I don't know I mean, if that's how you commandant, say it. Commandant, isn't that like a a Russian term? I don't know. It's spelled like... Or cosmonaut. It's spelled command A-N-T, which could be commandant, or I think it might be commandant. And someone, like, in like is listening and is like, these dudes literally don't know <laughs> English. Um and if you do say it like that, I did say a word that was right, but it was totally not in the right context because he is not our officer. He is not, you know, Christian because I was calling no. him that. He's not like our chief, you know, like at all. So, um, so sorry to anyone there that uh, that listens that has a brain bigger than the size of a pinky because that's what mine is. So what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, uh, new and old wineskins, new and old wine patching wineskins. It's good stuff. Uh, it's Luke five. 30 really the whole thing is 33 through 39 so go check it out uh go read a little more on it do a little more study on it it's important it relates to us today definitely um if we relate to god it relates to us so and if you're uh pressing wine and an ancient yeah. wine press clip your, clip toenails. your toenails. Yeah, yeah yeah do that first uh <laughs> and you could probably find like a legitimate filter out there that would work for that yeah, instead so, of thorns yeah just go ahead and, and do that um <laughs> that's interesting that the, i no, mean what <clears throat> another is um the talmud which is an ancient israelite document um that has it has all sorts of writings in it it has it describes 60 different types of wines that were flavored with different things like sea wa- uh, salt, seawater, um, herbs, <laughs> yeah, cinnamon. Um, cinnamon. You have raisins or, or date honey. Um, so there's all sorts of things. Uh, Israelites knew how to do make wine. They knew Tell how what, to do man. it. There's a... Um, yeah. I'm Wait, reading so this article episode 50 right now is next week and we're going to be taste yeah. testing no, <laughs> I'm reading this article right now and, and the end of the article says if France and Italy are referred to as the old wine as the old world of winemaking and Chile and Australia are the new world then Israel belongs to the ancient world because that's where wine culture was born so yeah. so is so Jesus is given this parable using wine skins and and everyone would have understood oh, yeah. because yeah. it was just part of their culture. Yeah. yeah, for show, for show. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a review. Even if we're terrible, your review might be like, oh, they don't even know what simple words like commandant are or commandant or how to say it. And they've been doing this episode for 34 minutes and they still can't figure it out. That's okay. You can leave us that review. <laughs> we'll know never to say that word on the podcast again. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for studying with us. We hope that you have a wonderful, not dreary, rainy day. Next um, week we'll be looking at an Old Testament yeah. parable. And next week is episode 50. Ooh, it's crazy, man. Big one. Halfway to a century, um, just like Garrett. <laughs> Anyway, so leave us a review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. We thank you for listening. And as always, Garrett, why don't you pray us out? As always. Well, we always pray is what I was getting at. Okay. Father God, thank you for this time that we've been studying your word, uh, for the reminder that your spirit is to be within us and that we should grow in you and not place parameters around that relationship. God, help us to seek that in an unfiltered and unhindered way, um, to be new wineskins that just simply desire to have your spirit within us. 
God, thank you for your love for your son um, who encompasses us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.